Well, good morning, church. Why don't we rise as we begin to worship this morning? We're going to sing a new song today. I love this song so much. Every morning I wake up and I get this new breath of, of life. And God tells me I'm not done with you yet. Every day I wake up and if I'm alive another day, God still has a plan for me. And every day my testimony is being written and your testimony is being written every single day when you wake up. goes like this. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven And my praise belongs to you forever This is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony. This is my testimony. Let's come together now. Come together, sons and daughters. Bought with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father, our God. We'll finish what he started. Yes, our God will finish what he started. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Go on now. Come on, if you're still alive today, God still has a plan for you. Come on, we see. If I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. Oh, sing. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. Oh, I'm alive. 
releasing my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. It's in my testimony. It's in my testimony. Come on. Someone testify today. God, you're so good to us. Give him a shout of praise. God has your name written on the palm of his hand. He's got a plan for your life. Believe that today. Amen. Amen. And we're just so great to just be here and just worship the Lord. Let's just sing this song out. Standing in his love. Amen. When darkness tries to roll over my bones. When sorrow comes to joy I own, when brokenness and pain is all I know, oh, I won't be shaken, no, I won't be shaken, come on, my faith doesn't stand a chance when I
break off every chain. Sing it with us. This power that can empty out a grave. This resurrection power that can save. This power in your name. Isn't that the truth? power in your name. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Come on, give God a shout of praise today. You're alive today. Amen. I love this song that we just sang, that first song. My testimony. We all have a t- testimony, don't we? Every day we wake up, our stories being written every day. And every day it's another chance. And God telling us, I still need you here. I still need you for your church. I still need you for your family. I still need you for, for a purpose. God is so good to us. And we're, it's crazy because sometimes I feel like we're not worthy of, of that grace, but he says we are. And every day we wake up, he proves that to us. Feeling being wanted by him. God is so good. God, thank you. Thank you for always writing our, our story. For giving us purpose in life. T- today we, we're going to worship. We're just going to thank you, God. That's it. That's, we're just going to thank you. up your voice to sing God. God, you're so good. Sing it to him. Thank you, God. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so You are God, you're so good. 
God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. I am blessed. I am called. I am healed. I am whole. I am saved. Favored, anointed, filled with your power for the glory of Jesus' name. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am called. I am healed. I am whole. I am saved in Jesus' name. Highly favored, anointed. Filled with your power for the glory of Jesus' name. And should his life bring suffering, Lord, I will remember. What Calvary has bought for me, both now and forever. Come on, God, you're so good. Sing that to him. God, you're so good. Sing it to him. God, you're so good. This song is written on your heart. Come on, give it to him. God, you're so good, you're so Come on, let's sing. God, you're so good, God, you're so good, oh God. You're so good, you're so good to me. Oh, yes, you are. God, you're so good. Oh, thank you. God, you're so good. Oh, God. You're so good, you're so good to me. Thank you. God, you're so good. Thank you, God. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. I am blessed. I am blessed, I am called, I am healed, I am whole, I am saved in Jesus' name. Highly favored, anointed, filled with your power 
One more time. Come on, church. Lift your voice. Oh, yeah. Just tell him how good he is in your life. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. Thank you, God. God, we thank you so much because you really are so good. God, you are so good. Your presence in this place right now, it is so good. Your spirit in our lives, it is so good. This this breaths that we're taking right now, it's so good. These heartbeats that we have right now, these gifts from you, it is so good. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing, God. Thank you. Because even though a lot of us, we're going through it, God, you are so good. Heavenly Father, we just raise up the Stevens family up in Clovis. And Pastor Rose, who's going through a lot right now. Heavenly Father, with all the loss, we just ask you to be there with them. God, we know that they know that you're good. But help us to be a community for them. And Remind them that you are good and we know it too. And that we are here to, to mourn with those who mourn and celebrate with those who celebrate. Heavenly Father, thank you for this community of believers here at New Beginnings who understand that, God, you are so good. Heavenly Father, we pray for Albuquerque. We pray for New Mexico, for our nation. Everything that's going on right now, God. With all the frustrations and the confusion, everything that's clear and unclear, we set it all aside and say, God, you are good. Through all of it, through all of it, Heavenly Father, thank you for your spirit, your presence, your touch, your peace that surpasses understanding, God. We thank you and we praise you for all that you are and all that you're doing. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. You may be seated. Why don't we give a round of applause just for our worship team, man. That's it's so great every morning. Have you guys know me? Uh, I'm, my name is David. I'm the youth director here at New Beginnings. And most of y'all know by now I'm obsessed with coffee, you know. And so I, I've had enough to like, you know, you guys know I have a personality now. 9 a.m. service, maybe not as much, but now we're good. But nothing brings personality, nothing brings life into me like the worship that we have here every Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. It's just so fantastic. But hey, be, before we get started uh, with Pastor Richard's sermon and all that stuff. We got just a couple of things we want to make known. We got baptisms coming up on the 27th of this month, and I am so excited. Like, I'm a nerd about a lot of things, but y'all don't understand. I'm a nerd about baptisms. Like, don't you, like, you ever, like, 
for me, whenever I have my favorite coffee, it's like, dang, I wish I could have this for the first time all over again, you know? Getting baptized, in my mind, it's something similar. Uh, you know, the history of baptism is actually rather interesting. It started initially as a purification ritual um, under the Mosaic law with the, with the Israelites. And, you know, like in Leviticus and Numbers and all those places, it talks a lot about, you know, if you touch something unclean, you become unclean, stuff like that in the Old Testament. So how you would go about becoming pure again was often through uh, baptisms or a form of baptism that they had at the time, right? And move forward to John the Baptist, right? He understands this idea and he's trying to make way for the Lord. He wants everyone to be pure. So he's baptizing people to make way for Jesus, God's presence on earth. And here we are now, you know, baptizing people in the name of Christ, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, the priest back in um, ancient Israel, they would baptize so people can experience God's presence in the temple, right? And then after that, John the Baptist would baptize so that way they can experience God's presence as Jesus on earth. And now we baptize in the name of Jesus so that way you can experience the Holy Spirit that lives in you. I mean, this is unheard of, guys. The Holy Spirit living inside of you. God wants to put his spirit inside you. That's just amazing. It blows my mind every time I think of it. I wish I could get baptized like for the first time all over again. I first was baptized here at New Beginnings Church when I was about 15 uh, down on Carlisle and Montgomery, 3601. It was with uh, my mom and uh, my mom and my siblings and everyone, um, and it was a really great time for us to just you know be together and be in God's presence together. There's something about God's presence that's like you know sometimes you meet people who are like oh Jesus but I hate you you know like that's not God's presence. God's presence will bring you together with people. You know there's something about just you know being with God that makes you think man you were made in God's image too. The God that lives in me made you too. And he said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made? And I've just been missing out on that? Like, and so baptism, if you've not been water baptized, maybe you spend some time outside of the church and you want to recommit your life to Christ, whatever it is, if you feel God tugging on your heart, if you feel the Holy Spirit saying to you, hey, maybe that's something you should do. If you want to experience that, signups are on our website, on our app, nbcabq.com forward slash events, and also NBCABQ is the name of our app. Um, so that's, again, going to be on the 27th of this month. We're real excited about that. And also just a few more announcements. We've got the New Beginnings Kids um, Valentine's Day Dance, February 11th at 6 p.m. That's going to be this Friday. We're super excited about that. And also church um, just a reminder, we have our tithing boxes on both sides of the sanctuary in the back, along with, we still do text to give. We have our NBC ABQ app. We have our NBCABQ.com forward slash, uh, I believe, give website. So, so many different ways for you to give. So many exciting things going on. And if you don't already have our app, I want to encourage you again, please download the app. If you need help getting it on your phone, reach out to me, reach out to Chris, Wally, uh, all these people, we know how to use phones for the most part. There's some stuff I'm starting to not understand and it makes me worry because I need to cling on to my youth, um, but that's okay. Um, but we know how to use these phones pretty well, and so if you need some help with that, no shame in it. Just feel free to ask, and that is all of our announcements for today. So why don't we just welcome Pastor Richard to the stage this morning. Praise the Lord. Today is a real exciting day because... 
uh, as pastor, my heart is to train leaders and to train and equip the church and to try to call people into full-time ministry to become pastors and leaders in our community. And such a person that took accepted that call was Sonia Leah Cleveland. Today, she will be ordained as a minister in the gospel of Christ. Sonia, would you come up? And then... Can I have all the Church of God pastors that are part of our team come up? We had many of the other ones at the first service. Sonia, this is an exciting day for all of us. And pastors, if you would stand over here facing Sonia. Congregation, there's going to be a responsive reading, so there'll be a part that you all will say. The words will be on the screen, and when I go like that, that means all of you will say those words. Sonia Leah Cleveland, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The cost of living and proclaiming the gospel is high. Since God has put his work into your weak hands, you must feel the full weight of his call on your life. A weak person partnering with a mighty strong God. Your path that is before you, Sonia, your steps ordered by Christ, who now compels you to love his sheep. Therefore, in everything, set them as an example, doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. Ministers of the Church of God, have you carefully considered Sonia's qualifications and are you satisfied that she will be a worthy messenger and representative of the Lord and of the Church of God? We have. And are you willing that she be ordained today as a minister of the Church of God 
this day. So, Sonia, I charge you with Paul's words. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sonia, would you kneel down here before the altar of the Lord? Chris is not only her husband, but he is a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you anoint your wife today? As you surround her and lay hands on her shoulders. Michael on this side. Church, would you please stand as we pray over Sonia? Heavenly Father, today, I pray your blessing. And Father God, I pray that Sonia really needs to know that we're praying for her. And Lord, she needs to know that we're going to be here for her and we're standing with her. She needs to know, Father God, that on a hard day, she could call any one of us. And Lord, we'll give her a listening ear and an encouraging word. Father God, she needs to know that on a good day, that Lord, she has a family who can she rejoice with? She needs to know, Father God, that we'll be here for her at any time of her need. Father God, we pray that her needs might just be laid out before you. Father, be with her and her family. Father God, because ministry is so amazing, but also so challenging. Father God, I pray that, Lord God, when she is unnecessarily criticized, slandered, taken advantage of, put under a microscope that you give her strong strong spirit to rise up against it that father god that she doesn't need to face an environment of of burdensome hardships but lord that lord you would make ministry so fun and full of joy father god i pray that lord you just continue to keep your hand upon her you've called her with her uniqueness Bless her with responsibilities that, Lord, she will take serious. And when pressures come, let her be reminded that though we are pressed on every side by troubles, we are not crushed. Father God, I pray you raise her up. You just anoint her. And Father God, as chairman of the New Mexico West Texas Church of God Credentials Committee, I stand here with these ministers of the gospel. And we now pronounce her and ordain her as Reverend Sonia Leah Cleveland. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. So excited for this young lady. It's an honor to serve here with such loving, honorable pastors, leaders, teachers, this congregation, my brothers and sisters. Ten years ago, I memorized a verse in Luke 9, 23, 24. Jesus said to the crowd, if any of you desire to follow me, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross daily and follow me. 
For whoever keeps his life will surely lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Ten years ago, I found a key. It opened the doors to change, denial, self, denying self, humility, humbleness, persecution, and correction. Each door as I walked through it felt torturous. But I realized through it, I found love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I found wisdom. I found a relationship that I had always desired. I had to remember his promise. And let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, today. And it says it best in Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Thank you. After this service, after this service, Pastor Chris and Sonia would like to invite you to a reception they're going to be having as soon as you walk out, it's the bookstore, the Humble Hub. They're going to have some refreshments there and a time that you'll be able to just give Sonia a big hug and prayer of support. Guys, I've been trying to help us understand the power of vision. Today I'll be closing off this uh, series called Empowered by Vision. Vision has a tendency to propel us into greatness, keep us united and working together and we are able to forge forward and to move forward in a mighty way. And it's really interesting that we're able to do that and it's powerful. And And I've been preaching about the power of vision and, and how it's important that we embrace each other and support each other and how a united church reaches a community and it's a, an example of God's love. Today I want to help us understand how to live free from being offended. It's easily, um, we, we can easily be offended. The Bible says that we're really supposed to be able to cast all our cares on the Lord. You see, I want to teach us today how to have thick skin and tender hearts. Thick skin where stuff doesn't penetrate you, that doesn't hurt you right away. You don't get offended right away. Though it might hurt for a while, you release it and you, you let it go. Thick skin that it doesn't attack you and tender hearts that you stay tender to the Lord and to one another. But instead, we have real, real tender skin. Everything hurts us right away. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you don't want to go to Bob's Burger. I can't believe, you know, I mean, that's ridiculous. And we have hard hearts. We get bitter and we get hard and we, we start getting unforgiving and, and, and not caring and, and it really becomes a destructive time. And it's important that we understand how to have thick skin and tender hearts. 
In the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 19, the Apostle Paul says, So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. So I want you to understand how to not be offended, but not being offended doesn't mean you ignore the truth. It doesn't mean you just let it go and say, well, that's not even true, but uh, no, you speak up. But you don't do it in a rude, crude way. You do it in a tender, loving way. It doesn't mean you minimize an offense. If someone offended you, don't just say, yeah, it's nothing. No, it was something. That was not right. That was not something that honored God and it didn't glorify God and they definitely didn't honor you. So it's not that you just ignore it and minimize it, but you know what? You don't go crazy with it. It doesn't mean that you let someone keep hurting you over and over. If someone has hurt you and they keep doing it, finally you just say, Lord, I give them over to you and Lord, I'm going to back off and I'm just going to cut them out of my life. Because you're not supposed to be a punching bag. You're not supposed to be a doormat. And it doesn't mean that you disagree or have a misunderstanding. Just because I don't agree with you, that doesn't mean we're fighting. That doesn't mean I'm upset. It just means, you know what, I I don't agree with that. You don't agree with me. That's why we have red or green. No big deal. But are you with me? See, we, we don't have to agree on everything. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 31, the apostle Paul says, get rid of all bitterness. He goes, rage and anger, harsh words and slander. He says, as well as all types of evil behavior. So we need to do this. So Father, in Jesus' name, help us to understand how to develop thick skin, that we're not a bunch of crybabies, that we grow up and act like it, and then that we have tender hearts towards you and then one another, Lord. I pray this in Christ's name, amen. So this is how we get developed. So to develop thick skin and a tender heart, the first thing you need to do is you need to ask God to reveal the hurts that are in your heart and in your mind. Stuff that are there that you might think, oh, I let that go, but you haven't let it go, and it hasn't let you go. I mean, it's got its claws in you. It has got its claws in you, and it is really hurting you, and you don't even understand why you're acting the way you do. You don't even understand why you have the anger you do. In the counseling world, they call it suppressed anger. It's just anger that you keep pushing down, pushing down, and finally it explodes like a volcano. And you don't even know, why am I mad? What's going on? It's because you have these hurts. You have these unresolved issues. You have these unforgiven issues in your life towards someone that you have thought you would let it go, but it's really beating you up and hurting you. And you're at the point where you're saying, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? In the book of Psalms 139, verse 1, the Lord writes there, Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart. He's saying, examine my heart. You have, and you know everything about me. And because you know everything about me, you know my heart, you know my mind, you know my soul, you know everything. Lord, reveal those things to me. Show me what's in there that I haven't really looked at. Show me those things that I've ignored. Show me those things that I've avoided. Show me those things that I've neglected. Show me those things that I've denied are really there. Because they're hurting you. And they're hurting others. But I'm talking about how it's destroying you. So ask God, show me what's in my heart. Show me what's in my mind. 
so that I could deal with it. Second thing we've got to do is we've got to ask God to forgive you for offending others. Ask God to forgive you for offending others. You need to say, God, forgive us because we've offended somebody else. Lord, it's not just about them offending us. We might have done something, and maybe we did something, and we did something to them that we didn't know we did to them, but we did something to them, and they did something to us because we did something to them that we didn't even know we did to them, but now we're mad that they did something to us, and they did something to us because we did it to them first, and all of a sudden, now we have all this stuff going on. Did you understand what I just said? Yeah, because you've lived that. You have gone through that. You're like, why did we go through that? Oh my gosh, why, why is she doing that? I can't believe she's treating me so mean. What's up with that dude? I even went like that twice. And he went. You're like, whoa, chill out, man. And, but you don't remember that you hurt him. You had said something about her. And it got to her, and you never thought it was going to get to her. That's why you should never even say anything, because it gets to her. And then all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, you offended, and you don't even know you offended him. And you, that's why it says in Psalm, Psalm 30, 139, the very last two verses, search me, O God. Search me and know my heart and test me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, God, search me and point out anything, not most things, not some of the things, point out anything in me, anything in me that offends you, not just that offends them, because you might be thinking, oh, I don't care if it offends them. They offended me first, so why should I care? (laughs) Nanny, nanny, boo-boo, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. We act like a bunch of idiots, don't we? Here we're grown men. God, I can't believe they said that. But we don't say it that out loud, but that's how we feel. Grown women crying like a bunch of little babies. Point out anything that offends you. Anything. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. So God, forgive me for offending others. I didn't realize I had. I, man, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Look, how many times has something happened and you even said, I think they took it wrong. And you even asked somebody else, hey, was I kind of hard the way I said that? (laughs) Yeah, you were hard. That's why you're feeling it because the Holy Spirit's telling you, hey, that was messed up. (laughs) You see what I mean? But we don't, uh, Matthew 6, 12 says, forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Then the next thing we need to do is not only ask God to reveal things to us, but ask God to forgive us for offending others. But then we need to forgive the one who offended us. We need to forgive them. That could be really hard. Because sometimes they've done things that were wicked, horrible. They were messed up. They hurt you. They hurt you good. They really messed you up. They did things that were just unspeakable, unthinkable, let alone unforgivable. And you're like, forgive them. You don't even know what they did to me, Pastor. And you know what? Maybe I don't. But God does. And he says, forgive them. And you're like, forgive them, I Ooh, man, I want to give them four 
not forgive, but give for. I want to take them down. You're hurt. You're wounded. You, you don't know how you could forgive somebody. This is a scripture I read at least once a week for sure. Because you know what? I deal with people. I live among people. I'm a people. Colossians 3.13, and it says, make allowance for each other's faults. Just there in itself reminds me that all of us have issues, amen? And I've got to make allowance for your faults. So in other words, when you do something really dumb to hurt me, I'm supposed to go, Make an allowance, make an allowance, make an allowance. Oh, God, 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 God. But he says, and forgive anyone. Forgive who? Some of them? Anyone. Forgive just a certain select? No, forgive anyone who offends you. Then he says, remember? Oh, what are they? Okay. Forgive me, okay? See, we timed that just perfect to see if it was going to work. <laughs> but he says, remember, the Lord forgave you. Now, when he says, remember, the Lord forgave you, he's saying, remember what the Lord has forgiven you of. Now, look. Don't think of anyone else's sin except yours. Your sin, yours. That ugly, filthy, hidden sin that you have hid all your life that you don't want anyone to find out that you did. The things that you're ashamed of. That you look at yourself sometimes and you go, Why? What were you doing, dude? You were so messed up. Oh my gosh, lady, you were what was wrong with you? What was wrong with you, sir? Oh my gosh. You don't want anyone to know about it. Because it was horrible, horrendous. It was a sick, sick sin that you don't even want to utter out of your mouth, let alone want anyone to find out. And he's saying, remember the Lord forgave that. He forgave you when you were that lost and messed up. When you were that far away from him, he forgave that. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Wow. Wow. He wants me to forgive even those deplorable things that they've done. That's tough. That's not always easy. It's easier said than done. And sometimes we go, yes, I forgive them. But you know what? Deep inside, we haven't released it. We haven't given it to God. We haven't let go. Hear me. Forgive those who offended you. And if that's going to happen, then... I want to explain what forgiveness means. So forgiveness, forgiving the offense means, first of all, that you release it to God, that you give it to him, that you surrender to him, that you say, God, I, man, I can't believe they did this to me. I don't understand why they did this to me. Why would my dad have ever done this? Why would my mom have ever done this? Why would my brother or my cousin or my friend, my grandma, my grandpa, my neighbors, my, oh God, I can't believe they did this to me. I hate them for this. I carry this pain, this anguish. I can't believe I sinned like this. 
I can't believe I did this. But you got to take that offense. You have to take that woundedness and release it to God. You have to give it to him. And that's not always easy. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, Give all your worries and cares to God. Cast all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So he's saying, give it all to him. Look, a lot of times, I've said this before, but people come to the altar, they're broken, they're hurt, they're wounded, they've been abused, they've been tattered and battered, they've been messed up. They've carried this chain on them because sometimes people throw chains on you. And there's sometimes you make bad decisions and you brought chains upon yourself. But God is saying, don't you know I want to set you free? Don't you understand that I want to totally liberate you? Don't you understand I want to take the shackles off of your life? So you come up front. And Sonia said it when she was talking. She said, I found the key. I found the key, the key that set her free, the key that enlightened her, the key that brought her to the saving knowledge, the key that opened up her life to ministry. She found the key. Because see, when we are in that sin of unforgiveness and we're in our own sin, but when we can't forgive someone that has offended us, we're in a cage. Jesus is the key, but the lock's on the inside. So you're the one that has to unlock it. I can't lock it, unlock it for you. If it was up to me, I would have set all of you free a long time ago. But it's up to you. Jesus is the key. Put it in the key slot. Unlock it and come out of that cage. Release it to God. Some of you have told God about it, but you still haven't released it. You come to the altar, he sets, takes the shackles off, and you go, I'm free, I'm free. And then you go back to your seat, and you pick up the chains, and you take them with you. You go, why are you taking them? Well, I've been used to them. You know, I got used to walking with these, and, and that's why I had them chrome-plated. I even got mine gold-plated. Because they became part of your life and so entrenched in your life, you don't even know how to set, be free. So because you're, you're used to living in bondage, you don't, like, well, at least I know I'm all messed up, but I don't want to be all, what if I get more messed up free? What if I don't know how to handle the freedom? So you pick up your chains and you walk right back to where you were. So release it to God. The second thing you need to do is overlook the offense if you may. Now, you might not be able to do that. But there's some offenses that we don't have to get all shook up about. There's people that have said stuff about me that isn't true. There's people that have said things that are not true about my wife or about anyone, for that matter. And there is gossip. You know what? God, they got a problem. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to let it go. I could overlook that. There's people that have said, do you know what people are saying about you? I go, no. I go, who said it? Well, I can't tell you that. Well, then shut up, you too. If you can't say who said it, all you are is carrying a bunch of nonsense. And if they're saying, oh, I don't want to say nothing. You know what? Shut up and get out of my face. Because all you are is carrying gossip that you're not willing to say who is saying it, and you're just part of it too. So overlook the offense. Ah, you know what? Eh, I don't even deal with it. I used to get all shook up in the old days. 
Now I just go, well, just take a number. A lot of people hate me. No big deal. Somebody I know gets Texas. They, they don't want you in the church. They don't like that you're a friend with Pastor Richard. They're oh, shut up. Either man up or get out of here. Like people, these nonsense. Oh, I'm going to send a letter. I'm not going to sign it. Well, you don't know how to write. You knew how to write the letter. So overlook the offense if you may. I, I, I can. I really do. I just go, ah, que gente. I used to get all shook up. I used to keep those letters. No, I really did. People would write me really awesome cards and letters, say, man, pastor, you hit it out of the park. Pastor, that was awesome. I'd go, oh, how beautiful, and I'd throw them away. Then they'd write me a hate letter, and I'd keep it, file it. <laughs> oh, God, I want to remember how much they hate me. <laughs> What's wrong with us? Proverbs 19, verse 11. See, I know you're laughing because you do the same thing. Erase the text already. Proverbs 19, 11. Sensible people control their temper. They, are, they earn respect by overlooking wrong. So people go, golly, I really respect that man. I really respect that woman. Because they don't get all shook up when people stir them all up. Remember I talked about the spoon last week? You didn't hear that sermon? You need to hear it because I saw a lot of you using a spoon out this morning. We stir things up. Let's move on. Let's move on. I parked here too long. Next thing we need to do is not only overlook it, but point out the offense if you must. There's sometimes people offend you. Seriously, they really do. They didn't necessarily mean to, but they said something in a way that was like, wow, ouch, man. God, that's brutal. Like they're talking to you and they go, everyone's a jerk. I guess am I part of that, everyone? <laughs> and sometimes they might really do something that you can't overlook. So the Bible says you're supposed to point it out. Don't say, hey, man, quit being a jerk yourself. But you can say, you know what, when you talk like that, I just want you to know that really offends me. If they go, oh, well, deal with it, who cares? Then you know what the kind of person they are. But if they go, really? What? Well, yeah, well, you said this and this and this. And you go, oh, my gosh, I didn't mean it like that. God, that sounds horrible. No wonder you're offended. You're able to clear things up. You're able to talk about it. You're able to point it out in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 15. He says, if any, if another believer sins against you, go privately. Don't point it out in front of everybody. Hey, everybody, guess what? Pastor's a jerk. Unless I do something publicly that offends everyone, then you point it out. Otherwise, you're supposed to go privately. Go privately to that person. Point it out. Point out the offense. And if that person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Some of you haven't talked to some people. You lost a relationship over ridiculousness because none of you was man enough or woman enough to go and say, hey, can we heal this? I miss you. I love you. Let's resolve this. I don't want the devil to stir things up anymore. And then the next thing we need to do is don't take revenge. Listen to me. Do not take revenge. Because, man, we could easily be incited to do that. I was talking to somebody this week, and this man 
they murdered his son a couple years ago. I was talking to him and his wife, and I was having a private conversation with him, and, and, and he said, I said, how are you doing through this? How, how are you processing? Because the guy that killed him, the DA was going, it's an open and shut case. He's guilty of murdering your son. But the guy got away with it. He got scot-free. And I said, how are you processing this? Man, without the Lord, I don't know how people do it. And he, and he asked the Lord, and he goes, you know what? He goes, sitting in that courtroom and hearing that that man was found innocent, pierced my heart. But I had given it to the Lord before the trial even started. And he said, and all of a sudden, I walked out to my car, and I had so much pain and so much hurt and so much anger. And I said, that's all right, dude. You're going to be walking the streets of Albuquerque, but it's not going to be very long. I got a gun with your name on it. And he said, by the time he got to his car, the Holy Spirit said, hey, I thought you gave that to me. That I did, Lord. I'm sorry. It's yours. God, I'm not going to do anything. And the Lord said, thank you. I'm proud of you. And this man who's brokenhearted for losing his son and shattered, he's finding healing. He and his wife and their other son. And they're finding God carrying them through one of the most challenging time of their life. But yet God is helping them because they said, we released it to you, Lord. I'm sorry I tried to take it back, but I released it. And I let it go. We have to let it go. We have to release it. We have to say, I'm not going to take revenge. I'm not going to take it up. I'm not going to do it because I'm telling you, we want to take revenge. We want to see them suffer as much as we have. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 19, it says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Never take revenge. Leave leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And we don't understand that God really does take care of it, but we want to do it our way. So we want to go get them, God. Get them and let me watch it. Do it right in front of me, God. Let me have the front row seat. In Luke chapter 17, verse 4, it says, even if that person wrongs you seven times a day, and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. Man, that's hard to do. So you know what you do? Sometimes you have to remove yourself from that person because you know what? They're not really repenting. They're just saying, yeah, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. But you know what? They have no intentions of not hurting you again. So stay out of line of fire. And then the next thing we have to do is pray for the first person that offended you. That's hard to do. And that doesn't mean you say, oh, God, bless them and let them have a beautiful day. And, and yeah, you might get to that point, but the way you start out, you don't say, get them, I pray they suffer. Let them suffer. Get them, God, I'll go. Please let me watch, God. Let me watch. 
that's not the kind of prayer. You're supposed to say, Lord, this person wounded me so bad. They offended me so bad. They messed my whole life up. Lord, my life hasn't even been the same because of them. I am so messed up in the head. God, they think they did to me. Oh, God, it just messed me up. God, so please, Lord, help that man, help that woman come to the understanding of how wicked they are. Help them understand how much they're hurting me and other people. Help them understand how they're taking life out of people instead of giving life. Help them understand, God, that they need Jesus. And God, I pray they have a radical salvation with you. I pray that they get radically saved. And that, God, you transform their lives so much, they're going to realize what they did. Help them, Lord. Help them that they understand what they did to me so that someday they will ask for forgiveness. And if they never come to me, at least they'll go to you. See, that's how you pray. In Matthew 5, it says, I say to you, love your enemy. He's not saying to people you're just a little upset with. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And then after you pray, it says, the next step you have to do is remember that God's plan for your life is greater than their offense to you. God's plan for your life is much greater than how they offended you. Yes, they offended you. Yes, they did things to you that really destroyed you and hurt you. But understand that God has a call on your life even greater than what they did. The very thing you did sometimes, you know what, they did something to you that you're so wounded, so ashamed, you don't want to tell anybody. And God keeps saying, I want to use that for my glory to help other people. You're like, really, God? Really? Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I want to do. I have a plan for you. God, really? I was talking about first service, and a dear friend of mine just got out of prison the other day. And we were talking on the phone, and we are rejoicing and just man, celebrating and praying and encouraging each other, and I encouraged him. And he said, Pastor, I, I just have to let you know. I got out of prison for a short time. And then the halfway house that I was in said, no, you got to go back for a little bit longer. So he went back to prison for four more months. But this time, the prison he was sent to was one of the most wicked places on the planet. He said it was horrible, Pastor. It was absolutely horrible, the wickedness there the drugs and alcohol in the prison, the violence. I saw people stabbed. I saw people spit upon. I saw people fighting. I saw people doing the most wicked things in the world, and they did not want Jesus there. And I was sharing Jesus, and, man, even the CO said, the corrections officer was like, man, we need you here. And he was there for four months. And he's now free, completely free, completely free. And he's here today, and he's celebrating Jesus. And I love that guy so much. God has radically changed his life, radically, though. And the whole time while he was in there for the last four months, he was telling everybody, look, guys, 
I know I don't look like it now, but I was all more messed up, dude. I was so messed up, and I was a drug runner and dealing drugs, and now I see the destruction I did. I see all you idiots that are full of... He didn't say idiots. He just said... He told me he thought about it. Like, what's wrong with these guys? He goes, but I caused part of this. And he saw the destruction he had done, and he saw the destruction that they're doing. And I said, man, do you think God might have shown you after you had a taste of freedom, he put you right back in the pit of hell to say, think of what you're doing because you could end up right back here. He goes, that's exactly what I thought. I go, man, you're free. You are free. And whom the son sets free is free indeed. Praise God. God's plan for your life is greater than whatever you've gone through. Joseph, the son of Jacob, said to his brothers who had wanted to kill him, in Genesis 50, verse 20, he said to them, he goes, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Man, he's saying, you don't even understand. You thought it was all wrong, but God thinks it's all right. So then how do we finally deal with this? What's the final thing? You know what? We've got to surrender to the cross. We have to surrender to the power of the cross. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the cross of the Lamb. We used to sing that song. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power. In the precious blood of the Lamb. That's right, baby. There's power. Power. And that's what you got to do is take it there. I understand your brokenness. I've talked to some of you. You're so broken. You've been brutalized. You've been offended. Deep offenses. And then you hear other people say, I got hurt with this. You feel like saying, oh, shut up and grow up. You don't even know what I've gone through. But your offense is your offense. So if I might have been a little one or a big one, it doesn't matter because your offense is your offense. So you need to take it to the cross in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He says, God, Jesus Christ, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we could be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. Some of you are so beat up, you're so wounded. Some of you are wounded because you've been the victim, and some of you because you've victimized people. And you're like, what happened to me? And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. God is so wanting you to find your healing today. I am so wanting you to find your healing. I am so praying that God's power has penetrated your heart and made you whole. Some of you have never found Jesus. You've never found that key. You've never received that key. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ. And this morning, you could do that. 
right now you can say, Lord, God, I need that key. I need to be set free. I need Jesus Christ. And if you have never received that key, you've never received Jesus, and you want to do that, raise your hand. Anyone over here? Amen. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else over here? Over here? Well, praise God. We want to celebrate with you. So would you stand so we could pray for you? Would you all pray this prayer with her? Anyone else that wants to say this prayer, stand to your feet. I want to, I want to pray with you to rededicate your life or, or to get right. But just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Today I realize how offended I've been and how I've offended others. More than anything, I know how I've offended you. Forgive me. In Jesus' name, I receive you as my Savior and Lord and want to live for you the rest of my life. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can I give you a hug? Can I just let you know Jesus loves you? Was there anyone else? Pastor Chris here? Is Chris here? No? Okay, and then, oh, Pastor Joseph's there. And David, you, you, you were with... Uh, Pastor Eddie, yeah. Guys, I'm not supposed to stand in front of that speaker. Sorry. Forgive me. Some of you right now, God's really messing with you. He's saying, when are you going to release it to me? He's offering you the key. Oh, you have salvation. You have Jesus. But you haven't given him that chamber in your heart that you're carrying that pain. Some of you have been offended deeply. Your family's torn apart. Some of you, your marriage, you don't know how to forgive your husband because he cheated. Your wife cheated. and that, that, That's a hard thing to overcome. But God can give you the strength. Some of you, your children are really lost or your parents have done really dumb things or just family, friends. But today, if you really want prayer and you want freedom, maybe it's someone in your family. You're, you're not, it's not even you. You're coming on behalf of your loved one. But I invite you to come to the altar. Sing this song as a song of testimony. A testimony about his amazing love. But would you all stand, make your way to the front so we can pray with you. If you want prayer, we want to pray for you.
Up your voice. Oh God, 
Come on, lift up your voices. God, you're so good to me. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. I am blessed. I am blessed, I am called, I am healed, I am whole, I am saved in Jesus' name. Highly favored, anointed, filled with your power for the glory of Jesus' name. One more time, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to Because that's a true proclamation. We're proclaiming a truth that God is good. Would you give him praise and say thank you? Lord, there are some that are wounded and they haven't released everything to you. To them, reveal your goodness. To those that have released today, reveal your goodness. To those of us that, Lord, have released and sometimes the devil reminds us, release your goodness. Father, we pray for everyone here and everyone online that you minister to them at home the way you have here. We love you. Those online know that God is setting you free. We thank you and bless you and pray in the name of Jesus. Guys, Sonia's out there and they're going to be at the Humble Hub. They'd love for you to join them and Just say congratulations. You are dismissed to go find healing for your brokenness in the name of Jesus.